0: The following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Call me
1: Snake.
2: to Escape from New York Minute, where we celebrate and analyze the dystopian classic, one minute at a time. I'm Eric Deutsch.
1: And I'm Molly Balin.
2: And joining us again in Manhattan prison from reopening the wormhole and another podcast whose name is way too long, so I don't remember what it is, Jack (laughs) Stovall. Hey,
0: I'm open. The wormhole is open to minute 69. Mm ooh what, what 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 um yeah so <laughs> i'm glad the uh the wormhole opened up to bring me from a utopia to manhattan the prison a utopia from a utopia
2: deep space nine is a utopia well
0: yeah I don't know. A star trek world Every, everyone says it's the dark one but they're uh that's an inaccurate reading
2: So this is a complete non sequitur, and so our episode's already off the rails here before we even start, but it's funny that that you mentioned that because I got a fortune in a fortune cookie yesterday that that really fits me to a T, and I'm just going to read it right now because based on what you just said about uh, the dark timeline. Listen to this incredibly awesome fortune that I got, and I know no one listening here probably has ever actually met me in person, including Molly. But if you did know me, you would know that this really fits me. It says, optimists believe we live in the best of worlds, and pessimists fear this is true. And as someone who is a lifelong pessimist, oh, yes, very much so.
0: That There's a lot to unpack there. What does that mean exactly? Pessimists fear this is true.
2: Yeah, in other words, that this is the best of worlds, and like, oh, shit, this, this is the best of worlds, this is horror. Oh,
0: this is, this is, this is... This is as good as it gets?
2: I mean, the Escape from New York world might be better than this for all we know. Who knows? But, as Jack so eloquently stated, yes, we're in minute 69, everybody. Every podcast has to get to this minute at some point, unless you have a really old-timey movie, when the back when movies were only like 65 minutes long, so let's just, you know.
0: Or if you're a normal person who's not doing a movie-by-minutes podcast, there are other types of podcasts what? out there. Hmm? are you talking about I, I know believe it or not it's true but uh if you if you're doing a star trek rewatch podcast there's definitely episode 69 though so that's true of uh all all star Trek shows except for short treks they all they yeah they all got to 69
2: I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sit here and then see how long Jack's gonna riff on the number 69, basically. (laughs) basically.
0: 69, it's so funny.
2: Well, this minute starts with uh, the prisoners waving the helicopters down, and it ends with Brain trying to figure out what he's going to do, and uh, the helicopters approach Central Park, Uh, we got a bunch of the prisoners here with their baseball bats, saying, hey, come on over here, come on and land, and... The helicopters do land and U.S. police force jump out. And I want to call out, as as Jack just said, they start to run away. And if you look at the guy uh, at far right on the screen, all right, he's got um, sort of maybe like a green bandana wrapped around his hat. If you look at around second, eh, 19, 18, 1920 everyone's running off except him he's still waving at the helicopter and finally one of the last guys to run off basically slams into him and grabs him and pulls him off camera and the only thing i can think of is that this idiot extra forgot the stage direction that he's supposed to run off
0: (laughs) that's awesome i didn't notice that until just now
1: i didn't either but that's magical
0: (laughs) yeah it's i don't how did I miss well, I mean, that?
2: Come on. I didn't notice it until I researched for this specific episode. I mean, but uh, I clearly this guy had one job and he did not do it. In fact, he even looks right at one point to, and clearly sees, hmm, everyone else is running off and he continues to stand there and not run off.
0: <laughs> the cameraman keeps motioning for me to come <laughs> this way. What does that mean? That's pretty But hilarious. the village
1: idiot works. Yeah, exactly.
0: But there's always that guy, right? That's uh, also another interesting thing about this movie in general, is just, um, aside from Snake, they never tell you any of the characters like what their crimes are. So I'm really curious about that. Like, what, especially, like what did Ernest Borgnine do? He seems like such a nice guy. What's his crime that landed him here?
2: Well, the theory that we've been working on, actually, is that he is one of the people that might have stayed behind when they walled off New York City that he just said I don't want to leave I'm, I'm a New York City cab driver this is my home I'm not leaving um, there was some other backstory that I know we got into at one point that we found that implied that he had been a New Yorker and he did leave when it was walled off but then he committed a crime and got sent back so um, it's kind of conflicting theories but he there's a good chance that he, he
0: wants to be there basically I can see that I mean what <laughs> how could you how could you be- commit a crime when you're Ernest Borgnine like I mean I don't know he's he's an angel he's a wonderful man
2: So the uh the US police force soldiers they they jump out of the helicopter and they've got their M16 AR15 SP1 rifles the ones we discussed way way back near the beginning of the movie these are the ones that were made to look quote unquote more futuristic and I realize I didn't call out when we discussed these way back when that this is a pretty popular type of firearm used in movies and TV shows. Uh, some of the ones I'll call out: Soylent Green, Apocalypse Now, Commando, Predator, The Matrix, and my my personal favorite usage of it in the big climactic attack on the TV station at the end of They Live, which of course is another John Carpenter movie.
0: Eric, what what is Soylent Green? It's people. Soylent Green is people. <laughs>
1: Uh, There's a couple things that I I dig about these first 20 seconds or so Uh, with these folks with their bats and there's a guy in the front with a billy club like a cop billy club which I think is pretty awesome so obviously somebody left that behind. The other thing about this because I'm an asshole is that there's a guy who totally eats it getting out of the helicopter and it cracks me up every time.
2: (laughs) Oh. Ha ha, I see All right, that. let me let, let me let me see that. What a schmuck. So we have two schmucks in this minute.
0: <laughs> one gang
2: schmuck and one police
0: yeah, schmuck. Yeah, that. That would uh that would definitely be me.
1: I love that they're just like we're not doing this again. It's like I'm sorry that you messed up. But I mean, I understand because it's like a propeller. You know, you're really anxious. It's like a clown car. There's like what? Six dudes coming out like
0: there's a lot of guys in this helicopter which is not that big.
1: There's a lot I mean, that's max capacity virtually.
2: Look at it like an Ed Wood movie, you know, he Oh oh I fell down. That's alright. I think someone real really would fall down. Let's leave it in.
0: Yeah, this is this is the uh, stormtrooper who hits his head on the door frame, basically.
2: Well speaking of these police guys
0: With the, with their like gas masks or something for some reason what's going on there
2: previous guest uh, david Forsythe uh, actually pondered on our facebook listeners page a while ago what cabinet department people thought the u.s police force would fall under and he thought they would actually maybe have their own secretary and be their own department or if not maybe they'd be under the department of interior and i'm assuming that he said that because in other countries the interior department's Usually we're in control of police and internal security. But of course, here in the U.S., that's not the case. It's in charge of natural resources and like running federal lands. So I don't think that would be the case here. I suggested in that uh, discussion that it would be the Justice Department under the Attorney General, sort of like the FBI or the ATF. Um, another previous guest, Chris Frayne, in that discussion, he said maybe Treasury. And I'm assuming he said that because ATF used to be under Treasury before it was moved into justice. And then Alan Sanders, another previous guest, said maybe a direct report to just the executive branch. So uh, with all all that thrown out, the two of you there, uh, what do do you think? Any of those uh, catch your eyes what uh, our friends the U.S. police force would fall under?
0: I would think in this dystopian world that they would be just straight up part of the executive branch because it seems like they've been merged with the military as well. And this is a police state, so I would say basically they're big. Um, yeah, they're just police state and milit Police and military have been merged under the executive branch. That's my guess.
1: See, I would say DOJ because there is... Even though there is a merging of the military with these guys, I still imagine that the military still has its own... Like, the armed forces are distinct, even culturally. So I can't imagine that they would have, like, one universal you know, military force that it would still be, you know, their own discrete branches. And I can see this still being under justice
2: for that reason.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. more sense.
2: Like Snake was in the military. He was not in the U.S. police force, though.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, maybe like abroad when they're fighting wars, it's separate. But maybe. at home, maybe they're basically the same thing. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about most times. I'll, I'll,
2: I'll defer. Yeah, we have you on this episode because we thought you did know what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> well, that, you made a mistake, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, know, I know stuff about Star Trek, so that's all I know. Well, in, the
2: 1990, in uh, Star Trek 1997, that would have been what, when uh, Khan was trying to take over the world?
0: Yeah, the eugenics wars were raging during the... Ni- yeah, yeah, 97, that's the eugenics wars.
2: It, it, it fits! This movie fits! I could see Manhattan prison during the Khan eugenics wars.
0: Yeah, maybe that's what World War Three is all about. America's trying to hold on desperately while Khan is taking over three-quarters of the world over in Asia, basically. Oh,
2: I love this theory now.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> yes. This this fits. This is a Star Trek movie. I didn't realize it. Oh, my God.
2: Although, Molly, that kills my argument that this is not a science fiction movie because if it's in the Star Trek universe... Then it, it then it becomes science fiction. I'm torn. I'm torn.
1: Uh, so are we talking like Ricardo Montalban, open yeah. chest, hell, hell like? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh,
0: no, God. Benedict Cumberbatch. No, never.
1: <laughs> Ricardo all the way.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, def- definitely Ricardo. Okay. Rich Corinthian leather and uh, Ricardo Montalban is not in this, but he could be right at home in this kind of movie.
1: Oh, sure. Oh absolutely. my God.
0: <laughs> and he's he's a. Uh, Prominent Planet of the Apes character as well. He's in uh, he's in all sorts of dystopias and differing roles and
2: fantasies.
0: Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, what a cool guy!
2: We cut back to Snake. We haven't seen Snake for a few minutes, actually, and this is very very interesting. What what the way that they cut this movie here? Because Snake gets up and the guys are still pointing the things at him, and we see red bandana gypsy who was walking out of the room back in minute 65 4 minutes ago still walking down the hall and the guys still holding their weapons on snake as he's getting up which means minutes 66 through 68 all occurred simultaneously with this basically um yeah th- this is this is this is actually kind of like the scene was cut this was going on while the Duke was shooting at the president and was telling Brain to get lost. This was bu- this was going on at the same exact time because we can still hear the people cheering as that guy is still walking out of the room that was first walking out at minute sixty-five.
0: Are you are you talking about like C three PO Belly Man?
2: Uh, no, not C three PO Belly Man. Uh, Red Bandana Gypsy is the guy at like second thirty-seven. That in the far distance we see walking out of the room and opening the door and leaving. Oh, okay. He's actually, uh, yeah, he's credited as a red bandana gypsy.
0: Classic movie character, red bandana gypsy.
1: Well, speaking of accoutrement, that if you look at second 33, there is a gentleman in what looks to be some type of a lavender tie-dye, and he... He's got sunglasses on, he's on the far left, but he also has one of those gold solo cup armband things that Romero also has. So I don't know if that's like the equivalent of like a best friends forever, like broken heart <laughs> necklace in this world.
0: Yeah, I, loved, I love those things. It's like, they're Final Fantasy characters, basically, or something.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: Nomura, Tetsuya Nomura characters, not Amano. Sorry, deep cut for Final Fantasy fans. Final Fantasy fans are going to love this.
1: I always think of, like, Cloud. Isn't Cloud the, the lead in Final Fantasy?
0: Seven. Final Fantasy seven, seven Molly. Seven.
1: Oh, my bad.
0: They're all distinct worlds, each one. God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I recognize none other than Final Fantasy seven.
0: <laughs> uh, six is the best one. Sorry, Eric, you clearly don't care.
2: <laughs> oh uh, we've long since established that i i don't know a thing about video games at all
0: have you ever heard of this guy mario
2: i mean i played nintendo when i was in eighth grade you know but uh my my knowledge ends with the original nintendo system basically
0: is there an escape from new york video game
1: didn't they talk about wanting to do that i,
0: I heard about the i heard about i heard about the board game in a previous episode i am a fan of this podcast um
2: you already on. We've already got you as a guest, Jack. You don't have to kiss our ass anymore. Thank God. Uh, I never, I never came across anything, um, online about if there was supposed to be one. So, um, if there's one, it escaped my notice.
0: All right. Okay. I mean, it would Fair certainly.
2: Enough. I mean, it's it's sort of a movie that lends itself to having a good video game.
0: Dude, I, I could see, like, a badass uh, NES game based on this, like, in the style of the Batman video game by Sunsoft.
1: You know, I think they talked about it.
0: I could see Snake being, like, I can I can uh, envision that, that 8-bit, like, pixel Snake character.
2: See, I'm, the, the game that's popping in my mind is Pitfall. Uh, and, I, and I know that that's more like an Indiana Jones kind of thing, but just uh, running and, you know, having to jump over things and, and then get away from people you know i'm kind of thinking of that one if you want to go really old school
0: yeah i'm like just slap an eye patch on that yeah i don't know it's uh, it's surprising that wasn't a video game anyways let's talk about these dudes standing around the the, as as we've alluded to the fashions are off the chain here these guys are styling got c-3po belly
1: c-3po belly oh my god that's incredible
2: Yep, that's our friend with the fake plastic glasses.
0: He's not a gypsy, but he does have a red bandana. He does. And then there's a like open vest shirt cowboy man.
2: <laughs> that is not a cowboy hat. That is like, I don't know what kind of hat. What what is what that, is that? I don't know. It's not a cowboy hat though. I don't know. It's it's just it's the hat you wear like to the beach in the summer or something. I don't know what the hell that hat is.
0: More than anything, it looks like a six-year-old Japanese woman's hat that she wears because it's so bright outside. And then, yeah, Final Fantasy Man. And then, I don't know. These guys are cool. This is what cool looks like to me.
1: I think it's an intense thing to put a snake on your belly. I think any kind of animal tattooed on your belly is going to not be a really great long-term plan, you know? Because, like, metabolism does slow down. You know, I mean, not for Kurt Russell, but for other people. So, like, he's probably the exception to that
0: rule, but... Yeah, he's still fine.
2: (laughs) Well, there's there's a... John Carpenter's got a quote about putting the tattoo there, and uh, I guess this was what he was thinking of when he was putting this movie together. He said, Anybody with a snake tattooed on them someplace, that's my kind of hero.
0: I like the way he thinks.
1: True story. It's amazing to look at this from a minute that we have three different locations happening within 60 seconds is incredible. You know, just like the efficiency of storytelling. I mean, this is a little weird, granted, when we talked about this a second ago, of of this cut of um, red, bandana, red Bandana Gypsy Dude walking out and this happening in tandem over like 20 minutes. But... It is really amazing to me, from like an editing perspective, that you can be in like three different locales and in sixty seconds and and maintain that continuity is pretty. I don't know, just just in terms of ter- of time and pacing, it's it's a cool thing. Yeah,
2: yeah, and I it's as as we're sitting here chatting about it, I'm wondering if in the original cut, maybe this was you know part of that scene from four or five minutes ago, and if maybe. When they were editing it, they realized, "Ooh, you know we suddenly have a stretch of like five, six minutes here where we don't see snake at all, yeah, and, and we, we can 't go that long without our main character, so let 's pull ten seconds off the end of that scene and, and stick it in the midpoint of that six minute sequence just to have him on screen for just a little bit.
0: That sounds very plausible I'm, I'm, I'm glad here I got just a tiny little bit of snake on my escape from New York minutes. So, yeah, him, him groggily waking up, that's what I'm here for.
2: And then we go back to the library, and the, my first thought is, oh, Maggie and Brain are back in the library. Wait a minute, how the hell are Maggie and Brain already back in the library? I mean, they they, they drove all around with Snake and Cabby and to get to Duke, and Duke sent them on their way, like, a minute ago. And they're back in the fucking library.
0: Well, it's like a latter-day Game of Thrones, I guess, where or even... I'm I'm saying that just based on what I've heard people say because I've never actually seen Game of Thrones, but uh, but it's also like Lost, where at the beginning it was a huge deal to get across the island every time, but then by like season four they can just show up anywhere, anytime, like <laughs> instantly.
2: Yeah, I mean the draft script mentioned that they get in a car when they leave the Duke's place, but that uh, you know was not you know filmed or anything, so. If you're not reading the draft script, which most people aren't, it, it's just a little strange that they're so ba- they're back so quickly after it was such an adventure getting out in the first place.
0: Uh, Adrienne Barbeau.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Classic Star Trek actress, Adrienne Barbeau.
1: You know what I love about this, and this is like second forty-five. Well, I guess it goes all the way back to like forty-one-ish. Just her stretch of like being pissed and loading a gun. Like, how many (laughs) awesome gifts should be made from this? This is just, how many, like, pissed off lady memes can be made from just these few seconds? It's just a treasure trove.
0: I would love to see those. (laughs) Listeners, get on it. Make them. Make them. Make those memes. Yeah, pissed off lady in a library loading a gun with that. Hair, that hair! I'm ready for it.
2: Yeah, she—that's—that's—that snake's gun that she's got there. That's his uh, 38 Special with the scope mounted on it, and it's—it's it's, uh, once again I completely forgot to mention this back when we were going through all the weapons way back earlier in the movie. But this gun not seen much in many movies and TV shows. Unlike the machine gun we mentioned yesterday, uh, this is a pretty rare gun to be seen in movies. And we've got. A lot of world building, a lot of brain Maggie world building here in just the this quick five six second pan of the camera across the library here. Um, so we really get to see the library. We didn't really see it too well before, so they really have the full library was left behind. They obviously when they people evacuated in New York, they did not bring the books with them because they're all here in Brain's library. And there is a clothes dryer rack. So they're obviously they're doing laundry. Um, although it looks like it's just washcloths or dish towels or something like that on that closed dryer rack. And then my favorite bit of world building, and I think Molly, this one, if you didn't notice this, I hope you're sitting down. But <laughs> I, I hope I kinda hope you noticed it on your own though. If you freeze this at about forty seven seconds, Brain has a bunch of the same freaking jacket hang drying Which means all he wears is different versions of that same stupid jacket.
0: Oh my god. He's a cartoon character, basically.
1: (gasps) Oh my god, the horror. No, I did not see that. Jesus. (laughs) Oh my god.
0: (laughs) This is a choice. He is consciously seeking out these jackets.
1: Wow. You know, I don't know, maybe he's just like that level of high fashion that he's found something that defines him as a person.
0: The jacket and the ascot. Yeah. yeah,
1: you know, me, you know some people will go and they find like a particular t-shirt, you know, that just happens to fit them really well. It's durable, you know, and they just get like five of the same t-shirt and they're just like this is going to be my life for the next few years, you know. Zubas. Or Zubas. I'll oh, bless your heart. Yes.
2: <laughs> oh, we discussed those way, way long time ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's what I'm referencing.
1: I did know a guy who found Zubas and that's all he ever wanted to wear. Like, seriously, <laughs> that was his. Yeah, like he was that guy.
0: I'm done. I found the perfect pant.
1: He did. He literally just had a closet full of Zubas. He just he found that holy grail of of fashion <laughs> for himself and he just ran with it. And that's all he had. Which I'm like, eh, you know, like, I I get it. I totally get it. You do you. Yeah, I mean, you have a combination inside of you of really wanting to be comfortable and not really wanting to deal with zippers in any regard. And also really wanting a flashy print. So, you know, fuck zippers, man. So, I get that.
0: (laughs) I'm all about that elastic. (laughs) stretches to accommodate my ever-expanding waistline. Ugh. But yeah, Adrian Barbo, Star Trek lady, she sent her to kree Deep Space Nine.
1: Do they put her in some makeup for that?
0: Yeah, she's a Romulan.
1: Shut the fuck up! Seriously? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I will not shut up, she's a goddamn Romulan. Wow, she's Molly,
2: like, this is, uh, your mind just exploded with that fact.
0: <laughs> she's like... She's one of the most prominent Romulans in season seven.
2: What? Okay, I gotta go back and look that up. I would totally
1: see her as a Romulan. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, no, she's great. She She's like one of my favorite Romulans. Really? I, that's not praise that I dole out lightly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Even above Denise Crosby? Seriously?
0: They're neck and neck. Mm. No, she's better than Denise Crosby.
1: Well, I mean, like, halfsies, but, you know, it's still, I still think it counts.
0: No, yeah, they're both great yeah yeah she's yeah come on Molly, she's half human (laughs)
1: splitting hairs man wow that's cool
0: adrian Barbose, great there there was a there's a reopening the wormhole episode where we talked about her for quite a while and also uh yeah brain harry dean stanton i love this man have you guys uh have you seen the uh season three of twin peaks
2: no i never i never uh never watched twin peaks
0: okay well i mean harry d i think that's his final role actually is season three of twin peaks and because he's a long time david lynch collaborator as well he's in a lot of david lynch things and uh his yeah his final role i think is in season three of twin peaks and wow it's, it's pretty like beautiful he's a very old man at that point but like I, it worked out really well because he passed away i think only weeks after he finished filming that please check it out Harry Dean Stant fans, it's pretty moving.
1: I had a hard time. To- I love David Lynch. Really, really do love David Lynch. But I just, <sighs> you know, reboots are tough for me. And I just had a really hard time. Although I've heard good things.
0: It's not a reboot. It's a revival.
1: Oh, for fucks. Well, yeah, <laughs> all right. Okay. 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 Still, you're talking, you know, was it 1991 or 92 was the end of? The original Twin Peaks, so that's tough. That's a tough sell for me.
0: Um, It works though, because the original Twin Peaks was, you know, it's like half quirky Americana and half like David Lynch nightmare surrealism. Mm-hmm. And uh season three dips much harder into the the latter part of what I just said. Most of it isn't even in Twin Peaks. Like, like half of it is in Las Vegas. Hmm. If you like David Lynch, it's base season three is like an eighteen-hour-long David Lynch movie, basically. Wow! Give it a, give it a shot, Molly. Okay. If you like David Lynch, you'll love it.
1: I do. I do. I'm a fan.
0: Me too. But yeah, Harry Dean Stanton and that is great. I I like him a lot.
1: Well, in these uh, final seconds of <laughs> minute
0: sixty-nine. Uh, <laughs> Can I
2: just say that uh, b- that a minute ago, in, 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 here in minute 69, Jack said something about uh, Denise Crosby and Adrian Barbeau are neck and neck, and that he said that in minute 69. Can I just say that?
0: <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you so much yes. for connecting the dots for me.
1: <laughs> that might be connecting the dots for a lot of people now. <laughs> oh, yeah, and uh,
0: yeah, I have something to think about for the rest of the day. <laughs> Thank you.
1: We give and we give here.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what's interesting is that Brain is like, well, I don't really know if Snake was really telling the truth or not. You know, I God, I kind of hate that guy. And she's like, hey, he had to get in somehow. Is And I think this kind of, you know, goes to what we've been talking about all along, that Maggie really did buy that... Snake is being honest in what's going on and Brain was still like, yeah, "I don't know, I don't know." And and he was trying to save Snake here because he isn't sure. You know, he's he's trying to you know run on the side of safety here. And I think that he cares less about Snake necessarily and more about like, "Well, maybe it is really, you know, maybe we are looking at all collectively being screwed
0: here." Yeah, I buy that. I think that's true.
2: I, I find it interesting that even though he still isn't sure he believes him, he still was advocating to the Duke to not kill him. And so I think this again goes to what I've said before about Brain, that he's keeping his options open until he can decide what it is he wants to do. Who does he want to throw himself behind? Does he want to stick with the Duke's plan? Does he want to try to help Snake? He's, he's, if Snake's killed, he's got to go in with the Duke. If Snake's telling the truth, though, he'd rather obviously deal with Snake, and so he's got to keep him alive. So I like that aspect of it.
0: Yeah, he's just whatever's going to get me to the next day, basically. He's smart. He's a brain.
1: (laughs) (laughs) One more time, Jack, can you let everybody know where they can find you and your podcasts out in the interwebs?
0: So yesterday I talked about all my Star Trek projects. I love Star Trek. Um, You probably have realized that if you've been listening to this minute, Senator Kretak for life. Um, But I also do a Planet of the Apes podcast, which I should have mentioned yesterday when I was talking about Planet of the Apes so much, but uh, here we are. It's called The Apecast. You can find it at theapecast.libson.com, and uh, it's me and my good friend Jeff Clark. We just talk about every... Single Planet of the Apes thing. We're currently going through the cartoon show from the 1970s, which is an absolute delight. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we do all the movies and the live action show, which was also great. And uh, yeah, we're also like talking about comics and stuff. And every month we do a bonus episode about. Movies that just have apes in them. Check out the ape cast. It's have you made time. it to
2: Project X with Matthew Broderick yet?
0: I don't know what that is, but I'm adding <laughs> it to the <laughs> list. Yeah,
1: you should check it out.
0: Uh, I like what I'm hearing so far. I like that name, and I like Matthew Broderick, and if there's an ape in it, we're there. We're going to cover it.
2: How about the really creepy Quantum Leap episode where he leaps into the body of a monkey?
0: Oh my god, Scott Bakula? It,
2: yes. Uh... Running around in a monkey's diaper for 60 minutes.
0: (laughs) Adding that to the list, too.
1: That's awesome.
0: (laughs) Captain Archer himself. But yeah, check out the Apecast. I also have dipped my toes into podcasting minute by minute. Go check out Jack's Silly Little Friendly Neighborhood Star Trek Discovery Podcast, where probably around when you're hearing this, you can hear a minute by minute breakdown of the Simpsons episode, Marge vs. the Monorail. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, upcoming, I'm I'm going to be a movie by minutes guy. I'm going to be a co-host.
2: Woo! Um, an escape from New York minute exclusive. Yes, that's right.
0: <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Me and Richard Dunham, Richard Dunham of Ghibli Minute, um, we are going to collaborate and do a minute by minute podcast about Akira from
1: 1989. Ah, oh, very good, very good. Needed to be done.
0: Yeah, there. We're actually not the first. There's a German podcast, but we're going to be the first one doing it in, in English. Love to have you guys as guests on that if you're interested.
2: Ooh, I don't know if you I don't know if you want me on as a guest for that. I one.
0: always want you, Eric.
2: I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I saw it once years ago and I did not like it.
1: Oh, interesting. Well,
0: we could get your hot take on it then, like as a as a hater. But yeah, that's uh, a upcoming. So I'm excited about that. And then yeah, check out my Star Trek stuff.
1: Sweet. Thank you, Jack. Yeah,
0: thank you. Thank you so much. I love you guys.
1: I love you too, Jack. (laughs)
0: Sixty-nine.
1: Yeah, loving on the minute (laughs) sixty-nine. And you can follow us on Twitter. Yeah, we're on Twitter. NY Minute Pod. Also we're on Facebook. We have a Facebook group. It's called Brains Library, the Escape from New York Minute Hangout.
0: That's the place in this minute.
1: Yes. It is. It is. There's there's synergy there. A
0: lot of jackets.
1: A lot. You can, I was going to say you could have a jacket like that, but you can't. Um, but yeah, you can look at the minute and think about how you would look in that jacket. And that's something you can do. Um, or make yourself one. It's a sexy off-white jacket, if that's what
0: you need in your life. I do.
1: Eh. <laughs>
0: that plus zubas please
1: and zubas you can have a hot outfit of zubas and a brain jacket this is
0: the man i want to be
1: <laughs> let him be free jack <laughs> let him be free <laughs> and it's been a while but i want to give a little gratitude shout out to kj Valenzek, who uh is an amazing musician and he does our sweet synthy podcast music so
0: oh my god this that song goes through my head all the time now so good
1: it's good shit yeah see kj killing it yeah and with that be on time stay out of the sewers and we'll meet you on the other side of the wall